And I just love the word. I love that he is mindful of us. I love that he is, even though we are fallen, we are sinful, that he loves us. And I love that he is actively involved in our lives. Do you know that the Lord will be involved in your life as much as you will allow him to be? And we can keep him at a distance or we can invite him in. And the Bible says that, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He who opens the door to me, I will, I will come in. And we will eat together. And we all know we, we're a church that just loves to eat. <laughs> you know, there, and that, a big part of that is, yes, we love it. But, you know, along with that, there is a lot of joy, isn't there? And a lot of peace and a lot of um, just communion, you know. And we are talking together and we're enjoying each other's company. And we're encouraging each other and just having conversation. We are relaxed and we're at peace. And the Bible says that if you will open the door to your hearts, if you will, and let me in, that we will eat together and we'll talk. And I think of that scripture, and we've talked about it many times, about Psalm 23, how it says that you preparest before me a table, uh, you preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And we, we know that we're in the presence of enemies, there's trouble, and there's difficulty, and there's battle, right? And there's warfare. And so when we should be fighting and worrisome even about the battle, God prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And what are we going to do if God prepares a table, a feast? Well, we're going to sit. We're going to be seated with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we're going to have supper together with Him. And we're going to talk while arrows are flying over the top of our heads. Yeah? And bullets are whizzing by our ears. And the battle rages on. And here we are at peace with God, our King and our Lord and our Savior. Hallelujah. Do you grasp that picture? Do you grasp that picture? And the peace of God just rests upon us. The peace, not just peace as the world gives, but the peace that what? Surpasses all understanding. That only he can give. That's the peace the Lord gives us. And you know, in, in Psalm 91, that's, that's a beautiful scripture, isn't it? I just That's one of my favorites. Just love it. And it talks about though a thousand may fall by you, ten thousand to your right. It will not touch you. It will not touch you. 
because the Lord is with us. And because we obey Him, and because we acknowledge Him, we include Him in every area of our lives. He protects us. He watches over us. Does this mean that we will not endure hardship? No, not, not in any way. But He will be with us every step of the way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The peace of the Lord. You know, we've been experiencing some difficult times in the world, and it's, only, it's not going to get better. It's not going to get better anytime in the near future. But as evil abounds, what happens? Grace abounds. Hallelujah. Grace abounds even more. Last week we were talking about godlessness in the last days and how there just seems to be a, a tidal wave or a tsunami, if you will, of this sort of religious spirit um, that has no meat to it, no power to it. And, and the scripture says that uh, a form of godliness in Second Timothy chapter three, a form of godliness, but denying its power. So it's going to look like religion, and people may pray. Right, praying is good. Right? Can we agree on that? Praying is good. Yes. But here's the thing: what are you praying to? What is the thing that you're praying to? God is spirit and must be worshipped in spirit. So if it's not God that you're praying to, it's not good. Okay? It's not enough to have this positive, passive attitude that the world seems to be taking on. Okay, passivity is is good um, when you're trying to keep peace, right? Peace is good. Peace is good. But there are times, how many of you know, that there are times when it is required of us, it demands of us, that you stand. That we stand against evil that is progressing. All right? And so the world, in a sense, to keep all peace, would bow down to evil. There's a a saying Uh, and I can't remember off the top of my head who it is. Maybe some of you know, but the only thing that is necessary for evil to prevail is what? Good men, good people to do nothing. Because if you and I do nothing, then evil has no, nothing to stop it. And it just keeps rolling, and it keeps building momentum and strength and numbers. And I, I mentioned to you that being positive and, and religious when people need Jesus is like if our best friend or the person that we love the most was drowning in a river and the, the current was just carrying them away in the rapids 
and we're looking at them, we're shouting to them with a smile, hey, hold on, it's going to get better. There you go, it's going to get better. And we're doing nothing. We're not doing anything. And it's just, it, we got this lifeline, this life, we call those things, life ring, life preserver, whatever the heck it is. You can toss that out there to them and, and save their lives, save their souls, but we're shouting to them, hey, it's going to get better. Be positive. Peace be with you. And all the while, they're going to hell. They're going to hell. And we talked also how there was this... Um, At one time, between good and evil, there was sort of this gray area. You follow what I'm talking about? A gray area where, you know, people can kind of intermingle in that. Not that it was necessarily this way, but it seemed like there was, right? But now, it's not that way anymore. People have dug their heels in to whatever side of it is that they're on. Whether it's good or it's evil, they're in there, and they're not moving. Look at our government. We can't agree on anything anymore, okay? And I, I remember for, for a lot of years hoping and praying that there would be unity in our government and, and leadership and, and things like that. And I, but the Bible says, how can there be any, uh, you know, unity between good and evil? How can light and darkness have anything in common? How can good water flow from a bad well? How can bad fruit come from a good tree and vice versa? And it sure looks to me like the sides have been taken and the lines have been drawn. And in Revelation, would you just turn with me there one more time. I, I just want to read that scripture again. Revelation chapter 22, verse 11, chapter 22 in Revelation. It says, let him who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let him who is vile continue to be vile. And it gives the other side. Let him who does right continue to do right, and let him who is holy continue to be holy. And so... That middle ground seems to have been removed in a sense, doesn't it? And people are set in their ways. I'm not moving from my position. I don't care what you tell me. That's the way I feel. I don't care what you say. I don't care how scientifically whatever. I don't care how politically correct it is. I don't care. I'm not moving from what the Bible says. Yeah, but peace. We need peace in the world today. We need this, and we need this. I ask you, at what cost do we want peace? Okay? Because in order for peace to be real peace, there has to be something that your decision is based on, correct? And if we're saying peace even though it means sacrificing what is right, that's not a good thing. 
Because it's not going to bring peace, as we're hoping, is it? It's going to bring bondage. That's what's going to happen. No more middle ground. The world says today, I don't need God. We don't need God. If we can pray, and if we can help the poor, and if we can gather, we can have all these things that look like religion, what we would think religion would be, and yet it's absent of anything that is permanent and good. It lacks the power behind the, quote, godliness, right? It looks like something that would be godly, but it lacks the power and the truth behind it. These are the days that we're living in, friends. A form of godliness, but denying its power. I was thinking about something the other day. You know, the more as I was considering this thought, how, how it seems like the world has just turned its back on God. It's, I don't need you, God. And reject, rejected God, right? The more the world turns its back on God and rejects Him and hates God, the more the world is going to hate Israel. Israel. Okay? Yeah, n- normally I would think the world is going to hate us, yes. But as I got to thinking about this, the more the world rejects God, they're going to reject Israel. You think about that? Why would that be? Because Israel represents God. Israel represents God. Okay? In Matthew 24, would you turn there with me? Verses 9 through 13. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Okay, now these are talking about people that were believers. Many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Okay? There, some of those people may be here right now within the sound of my voice. That's, that's hard to believe. I pray that's not the case. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. The increase of wickedness, the love of most, will grow cold. It's going to become too risky. There are many people out there, you start mentioning the name Jesus, they are angry with you as soon as they hear that name. As soon as they hear the name Jesus... They don't like you. Why is that? Why is that? Well, it may be from a, 
because of a few things. One, because it is, it shows that they're going to have to answer for sin. All right? The Bible, the truth, God, Jesus, it exposes sin. Okay? And demands a response from us. All right? And so if the world doesn't like to be made accountable to sin, then it will turn and reject God and it will say, there is no God. Or we don't need to answer to anyone. But if the world hated the Lord Jesus, it will hate us as well. Because we represent the Lord. We are His ambassadors. Wherever we go, we carry the name Jesus with us, like it or not. And whether we're being a good witness or not, we carry the name Jesus with us. And because we carry the name Jesus, and that name Jesus is associated with redemption from sin, people don't like the thought that we need a Savior. And it demands a response from us. Matthew chapter 10, a few pages back. Verse 16. It says, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, because of this, be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Shrewd as snakes and innocent as does. Be on your guard against who? Against men, against people. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. On my account, verse 18, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. On my account, because of me, these people are going to respond like this to you. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. How many of you worry about what to say when somebody confronts you sometimes about your faith? That, that can be a worrisome thing, yeah, right? And so you feel like, well, I've got to practice these things. I've got to practice my responses, right? Does it make you feel like that? Well, that's not, that's not necessarily the right thing. Yes, it is good to, to, to be prepared. Yes, right? That's good. But when it all comes down to it, you are relying on the Holy Spirit. And God says that he's going to give you what to say. Listen. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Okay, so we feel like we've got to have all these, um, if they ask this question, then here's my answer, here's my rebuttal, 
all right? And it becomes an argument. It becomes a court procession, right? That's not it. Because we're responding with love and truth. Speak the truth in love. And you know what? Sometimes you're going to come away thinking, oh my gosh, I just blew that. I blew it, you know? And it may not be perfect, but that's okay. Because keep love as your first aim. If you keep that as the first thing, everything else will kind of come around there, okay? The words will be fine. It's not going to be perfect ever, okay, in my experience. It's never going to be perfect. However, you're going to be planting seeds, right? You're going to be witnessing. You're being Christ's witness to the world. So don't worry about what you're going to say because the Holy Spirit will give you what to say, okay? For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Man, that is a... That sounds like a pretty intense situation, wouldn't you say? I don't like reading that stuff. It's unsettling to me. Okay? All... Listen to verse 22. All men will hate you. Why? Because of me. Because of me. Because of who we represent. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Hallelujah. In Matthew 15, let's turn a few pages over. Chapter 15, verse 18. So when things get to be this way and and we see people responding to the Lord Jesus Christ in this way, it would make us want to be quiet or or to cease from doing good things and, and acting on our faith. But the Bible says, never grow weary in doing good or doing what is right. Turn to Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Don't grow weary in doing good. And again over in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 11. We hear that some among you are idle. So what, is, what does it mean to be idle? Just sitting there doing nothing, pretty much, right? You ever hear the, the phrase, uh, idle hands are the devil's workplace? Okay, all right. So verse 11, we hear that some among you are idle. You're not doing anything. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. They're not busy, but they are busy bodies. And a busy body is in pretty much involved in everybody else's business but their own. Causing trouble, right? We all know people like that. You may be sitting next to a, a person like that. <laughs> easy now, easy. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread they eat. As for you, brothers, never tire of doing what is right. Turn with me to Luke chapter 18, will you? And I think we talked a little bit about this last week, but I think of the, that scripture that talks about the tax collector and the Pharisee, you know, and how they both went 
to the temple to pray. Let's read that. Verse 9, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Now we know that tax collectors, are, they're hated. Nobody liked them because they robbed from their own people. They were Jews that took money from their own people and padded their own pockets They took more than what was right to tax. Tax, Paying taxes is right. However, they would take more than what was demanded and keep it for themselves. So they were thieves. And because of this, people didn't like them. And they had a lot of authority behind them. So two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. Now, I just love this, this pompous, pious attitude that he, he prays with. God, I thank you that I am not like other men. I would not want to be standing too close to this fellow because I would be afraid that lightning was going to strike and I would be getting burnt. God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, Or even like this tax collector over here. This tax collector over here. This low life. And he goes on and he says some things that he does to justify himself before God. So in a sense, he's telling God how righteous he is. And he says, I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. get. I'm so good. Aren't you proud of me, God? I'm not evil like this loser over here. I'm so righteous. But verse 13 says, but the tax collector stood at a distance. All right, let's just stop right there. Let's just stop right there. He stood at a distance. That would be like me being afraid to approach the altar for fear of how evil I am how dirty and sinful I am. He was, it was evident. He knew it in himself that he was not right before God. And he was fearful to even approach the holiness of God. Do you see that humility right there? He would not even look up to heaven. Okay? And so there's this downtrodden sort of spirit He won't even look. He won't come close. He won't look up. He is embarrassed. He's embarrassed of who he is, who he's become, what he's done. But he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He was mad at himself, he was hopeless. And he humbled himself. And what was he doing? He was crying out to God from his place of sin. Have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. Now listen to this. And he just encapsulates it all in this 
Next scripture. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You see, if you come before God, and that's kind of the way the world is today. They're very proud, they're very pious in their religiosity and their so-called righteousness. And they would come to God. I don't need you anymore. I have my own way. How many of you ever talked to somebody about the faith, the truth, the Bible, and they said, well, I have my own religion? You ever hear that? I have my own religion. What does that mean? Well, who's your God? Who, who are you worshiping? Who are you praying to? What does he say? Your religion, so you're following something or somebody, what do they have to say? What is their word? Here's, here's God's word. What do they have to say? I remember one time years ago, we were street witnessing. Any of you street witness anymore? Street witnessing. So we just walked down the street, and anybody you came in contact with, we would talk to about Jesus. It was kind of a rush, actually, because it was scary, but it was exciting at the same time. Because you've never seen this person before most, most times. And you have no idea what they're going to say or what you're going to say. And so you walk and you may have a tract in your hand, something that tells people about Jesus, you know. And so we came upon this, this group of people and, you know, we're telling them about the Lord. And, and they were just like, man, I don't want to hear nothing about that. Some people are very receptive and, you know, other people are like, they get angry and this, I remember this one, this one young lady, and I, I said, so, you know, you don't want, when your life is over, you don't want to go to be with the Lord? Nope. So all my family is in hell, and when I die, we're going to, I'm going to go to be with them, and we're going to have a big party. That's what they said. Yeah. And that is just, that, uh, that thinking is so far off. Hell is not going to be a party. It's, you may see your friends or family there, but it's not going to be a party. The Bible paints a picture of fire and brimstone and constant torture, you know? And it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be a big party. And God wants you to come with him where there is going to be a big party. You know, really, it's going to be a celebration. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Yeah? And the others are going to say, they're going to come like this Pharisee here to God with their righteousness and say, didn't I, Lord, Lord, didn't I do these things? Didn't I fast three times a week? Didn't I help the poor? Didn't I pray? Didn't I go to church? Didn't I do this or that? And they're waiting for this pat on the back and there will be none because God is going to say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. I never knew you. I don't know who you are. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But he who humbles himself 
will be exalted. We need to be humble before our God. We need to recognize God for who He is. And the world needs to see it. They need to hear it. They need to hear the truth. In Isaiah chapter 29, would you turn there with me? Verse 13, chapter 29, verse 13. The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They, their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men. These people honor me with their lips. So it sounds like religion. It sounds like godliness. But it says their hearts are far from me. Their hearts are far from me. It would seem and look and even sound at the outset like religion. But when you get below the surface, it's nothing but rules made up by men. That doesn't do anybody any good. That's not going to save anybody. Your friends, your family may be drowning in the river. They don't need positivity. They don't need to hear that it's going to get better. They need to hear, Jesus saves. You may have seen that bumper sticker or a sign on a billboard or a sign on a city mission or something. Jesus saves. That's what the world needs to hear. Would you close in prayer with me today? Would you stand with me? Just join with me in prayer and we're going to close here. We need to be able to see the world through God's eyes. He has a Father's heart towards people. He loves people. And at the end of the day, it's all about people. God loves you and He loves me and He loves them. Some people don't know. They really just don't know. They don't understand. And in Timothy, it talks about rightly dividing the word of truth. And that's kind of our job, to rightly show people the truth of God and his word. Because, frankly, there's a lot of lies going on. People telling a lot of lies and misrepresenting God. So that people don't want anything to do with God. So there's a lot of people who've been hurt by religion, by church, by people that are well-meaning. I'm sure there's some here that have been hurt by well-meaning Christians. Friend, I got a word from the Lord for you. And it's not the word of the Lord at all. People need the truth. People need to see Jesus. People need to know that Jesus saves.
We need to see people as the Lord sees them. When I go into the jail and I'm preaching and I'm singing to these inmates, men and women alike, they're lost. Some of them, some of them, believe it or not, are Christians. They're devout Christians. And one decision that they made ended them in jail and then probably on to prison. People need to hear the truth, man. They need to know the love of Christ, the real thing. Not some ideal, not some perfect Christian. You. They need to hear and see the gospel in your, your life. They need to hear it from your lips. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. Help us, O oh Lord, to see the world through your eyes, through your Father's heart. Help us, O oh God, to reach out to others in love. Not pointing the finger. There's enough people pointing the finger in judgment. That's not our job. That's not our job. Our job is to love and to point people to you. Help us, O oh Lord. Help us, O oh God. Help us to rightly divide the word of truth as your word says, O oh God. Help us to be your ambassadors, to represent you right. Help us, God, to get the message right. Help us to get the right message out and to get people in. We pray these things, Lord. Forgive us for our own sin that would come between us and you. Thank you for the cross, O oh God, that washes us clean, that we may stand before you white as snow, not because of anything that we have done, oh God forbid, but because of the blood of Jesus. Be with us, God, as we go back to our homes and our workplaces and wherever you may lead us. May we speak the truth and love and show the love of Christ to a lost and dying and hopeless world.